What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today. On Wednesday, it is a more comfortable day for me. I'm back in the host chair. Was a guest on the Heath Dynasty extravaganza yesterday. Heard uh, from Heath that I was the best guest ever, so thank you very much. That is Heath Cummings here as well. Hello, Heath. Adam. Yeah? You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) You're not supposed to say that. Yeah, I know. I try to make you feel better, and then you come out and say it. Yeah, I should have said it. It's a bad job by you. My bad. Dave Richard is here. Dave, hello. Hey, what's up, guys? How are y'all? You know what? I'm doing. Well. Heath didn't even ask me that yesterday. I'm doing well. I just want to say it. Memorial Day is the best holiday. Um, is number hmm. one. Is I love it. Just just love it. And I uh, had a great weekend. And hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm doing great, Dave. How about you? Rank it against Halloween. New Year's and Fourth uh, of July. So Fourth of July would be set. Well, okay, it's uh, you know I'm biased because I you know Thanksgiving we're working, Christmas we're working, New Year's we're pretty much working. Nothing going on. What happened here? He, he dropped your mic. Uh, my mic fell over. Uh, um, <laughs> probably out of shock for. Well, I was getting Adam's ready to latest just... terrible take. Were you racing to go to your thread on Twitter of? Adam's bad take. We're working those three days, so they're stressful. Memorial Day, not working, you know? And I actually, this is, you want to you want to throw something in the bad food, in the bad thread, the bad take thread? I prefer the food of Memorial Day and 4th of July to that of Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. Oh, that's, no. I'd I rather just have reasonable. burgers, hot dogs, and barbecue, basically. Than so you, you Memorial Day was your second favorite holiday? No, number one. Number one. Number one. And the other part of, of that, joy. the other part of that, I think the end of May is the best weather time in the Northeast. That's really what it comes down to. It's beautiful a lot of times. So, number one. All right, there you go. 
<laughs> okay, welcome to the show. Uh, we have the best and worst draft values based on early ADP, which isn't that reliable. There's a lot of great and a lot of terrible values right now, but we picked out... Way to, way to sell the show, Adam. Well, we picked out six names to you know based honorable. on current ADP. Uh, first, I'm going to help Heath out. Heath, I feel like you, you need my help, so I'm going to help you. I'm going to tell you exactly where you should rank T. Higgins, okay? Oh. Yeah. Where do you have T. Higgins ranked, first of all? Overall or amongst wide receivers? Amongst wide receivers. 10? No, it's a little too high. <laughs> it's got to be more like 11 or 12, it needs to be. Um, Dave and I were chatting about T. Higgins yesterday, and we stumbled upon something really incredible. Uh, in 2021, he averaged 15.7 PPR fantasy points per game, which made him wide receiver 13 per game. In 2022, he played, ready, nine games with Jamar Chase that he did not leave early with an injury, that Higgins did not leave early with an injury, okay? Yep. In those nine games, he averaged 15.7 PPR fantasy points per game, which would have made him... Wide receiver, 13 per game. The exact same numbers two years in a row. Make him wide receiver, 13. Um, Yeah, that's compelling evidence. I was just thinking about how interesting it is that from wide receiver 10 through 13, you have three number two wide receivers, or I do. T. Higgins, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Three. It's really strange, um, and I didn't do it intentionally. I'm just noticing it. But to have three wide receivers in your top 13 who are not number one wide receivers on their own team, to have six of the top 13 wide receivers be teammates. Yes, it is interesting. And by the way, the other one in that group is Garrett Wilson, who's wide receiver 11 for Heath and Jamie, wide receiver 10 for Dave. So it's Gil Garrett Wilson lumped in with Waddle, Devontae Smith, and T. Higgins. He is looking like the only one in that group that's the number one guy. Unless DeAndre Hopkins is a Jet. Right. And I can't imagine what, that Wilson... Well, I don't know. Would Wilson be in that group if he... Uh, if Probably he, not. If Hopkins signed, yeah. Uh, it is interesting. And then I brought this up earlier when I was making a, you know, kind of a half-hearted, because I don't really believe it, but a bus case on A.J. Brown. Think about the amount of yardage you expect passing from Philadelphia compared to Cincinnati and Miami. Right? I mean, I would think a lot less. And sure. yet we have these two wide receivers that are in the top 12, maybe 13. I don't know. How does that, how does that make you feel, Heath? Um, no, I think that's a fair point. I think that the targets in, in Philadelphia, I don't know, the Dallas Goddard, though, but I just expect Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown to have a high enough share of the targets that the lower pass volume doesn't matter as much. Also, Hurts rushing makes the passing game more efficient. Dave, I want to get to a comment here as we're talking about the best values. Roland says, spoiler alert, Kadarius Toney is by far the best value. At worst. Oh, the worst value. Sorry. By far the worst value at current ADP. Oh, sorry, I was looking up his ADP and I reading the I question. Yeah, I would not say by far, but certainly very bad. It's 69th overall. Not nice. <laughs> and that's wide receiver it's, 34. It's just, it's way too, I, I don't, would I take wide receiver 34 in round six? I guess that would be no, the range. No, that's the like other thing. I, wide receivers, you don't think so. 
wide receivers in ADP are going too high for me, and you don't ever take wide receivers as high as I do. So I, I think the answer to that's no. Okay. It, it's a little too high for me, but I wouldn't fault anybody to take a number three receiver in that range. I, I think he's barely – I don't think this is too far off. Um, Maybe a, like a full 12 spots. Is that too far? I think not. There's some that I think are further apart that we'll talk about today. You're, you're hoping that he becomes the top target for Patrick Mahomes and that he stays healthy for 17 games. Top target of wide receiver, obviously. Should we should we Top look at the wide receiver? Should we yes. look at the wide receivers going around him? Because it's after Jackson Smith and Jigba, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, yeah. then so, Kadarius like, Tony, oh. and and then sorry, then Jordan Addison's right after that, and then the Steelers guys. I don't know if I like this ADP list because I I think it really does include a lot of like rookie drafts because there's no way there's no way Smith and Jigba is going to go just after the end of round five. As things stand now in fantasy, there's just no way. Heath, what were you gonna jump in there? I was just thinking back to the Kadarius Tony thing and the hoping he becomes the number one target. Like if Kadarius Tony produces a Juju Smith Schuster season from last year, are we happy with drafting him in round six? Yeah. Well, yeah. Before the concussion, you know, Juju really stunk when he came back. I don't know what happened there. But before the concussion, absolutely, he was a number two receiver, if I recall, like low end number he had, two. He had two huge games right before the concussion. But he was pretty consistent in PPR. I mean, he's a completely different player, mm. so that was like mm. he was he was mm. developing into a pretty mu- much must start kind of guy as a low end number two receiver. Remember how bad receiver was last year? That's the other thing. I think, I mean, at the very least, if he's Juju Smith Schuster, that's wide receiver thirty four is not bad value for Kadarius Tony. Right, they're but, so different. They're so different. Dave was talking about what we are hoping for, and I think that like you have to balance that with what we know the risk is. Like, is there a chance? I know this sounds really hard to believe that Kadarius Tony could be healthy and not be the number one wide receiver on his own team. Yes. Is there a yeah. chance that Kadarius Tony, maybe even a higher chance than the average person, is not healthy? Yes. Is there a chance that DeAndre Hopkins is a chief? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's one vote for Kadarius Tony as the uh, as the worst value. Thank you, Roland. A lot of discussion about it in the chat. You want to join our chat? Go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. You can watch all of our shows. If you hit the live tab, you can see the full length shows. Trying to find the stat on Juju. What, he, well, what week did what week did he get hurt? Jacksonville week was week ten, so up to week nine with a buy in there. First eight games, weeks right. one through nine on fa- fantasy points per game in a PPR league. Juju Smith Schuster was wide receiver twenty four. Hey, twelve point uh, five PPR points per game. Okay, so uh, and he wasn't. And what was great. The, what was the viewer's name who made the comment? Was it Roland? What was it? I believe. Flag Pfizer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, we got some some great stuff that you can go out and buy if you want to rep Paramount or this podcast in particular. If you ever dream about buying a Fantasy Football Today podcast shirt and then jumping over to get a Yellowstone whiskey glass or Top Gun Maverick hat, well, now you can do that with the new Paramount Shop, which offers a mountain a mountain of merch from the Paramount shows and movies that you love. Uh, shop official apparel, drinkware, and accessories inspired by over 150 fan favorite titles. 
like Paw Patrol, Yellowstone, Top Gun, Star Trek, South Park, SpongeBob SquarePants, and your favorite CBS Sports podcasts like Fantasy Football Today, Pick 6, Cover 3, Paramount Shop, where products are paramount. And we got a code for you. Use the code SUMMER to save 20% site-wide. Offer expires at the end of... Uh-oh. Got to do it now. End of May. Get on there right now. The Paramount Shop. You got a day. Summer. Use the code SUMMER. Get 20% off site-wide. All right, news and notes. And then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll give you the best and worst draft values. Heath, I know you wanted to talk about the two running backs that I have uh, at the top of the news and notes. Brees Hall, unlikely to be ready for day one of training camp, according to Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic. And Javante Williams has actually been limited at OTAs, and we heard earlier that he might be ready for day one of training camp. And you say something just isn't right. Well... It's not what we expected. Javante Williams' injury was more severe, although both, I believe, had multiple ligaments involved, just different ligaments. Um, and I'm not a doctor, but I did sleep at a Holiday Inn last night. I, what's wrong is that in ADP, and Brees Hall was, when I was trying to find my three worst, was at one point one of my three worst in round three at pick 27, 28, 29 somewhere. And Javante Williams was at one point one of Dave's favorite values at pick 93, I believe. Now, I do think if they were both 100% healthy, Brees Hall would be ranked ahead of Javante Williams. But we seem to be factoring in an incredible amount of injury risk with Javante Williams and very, very little with Brees Hall. So what do you think the ADP should look like? If you're asking me, I think Brees Hall is going to end up being in that. He's going to go somewhere between 20th and 30th overall. Everybody has fond memories of him from last year. Uh, is it justifiable? Maybe. Maybe. You could make the bus case against Brees Hall pretty easily. As If Javante Williams starts participating in training camp, I'm worried that his ADP will rise to a point where it's too rich, and it's going to be like in the, in the 40 range, because I'm not sure if Javante is going to have the same type of opportunity to just absolutely blast off as the main running back for Denver. I think he's for sure going to share with Samaje Pirine unless Pirine is absolutely awful. Whereas we've already seen the Jets, who I thought would continue to use multiple running backs no matter what. We saw it last they, year. And they went heavy on Brees Hall. Does that matter when they changed offensive coordinators? I think it I think it might still matter. Hackett has talked in the past <laughs> about using multiple running backs in his he, offense. He has used multiple running backs. I didn't hear what you just said. I'm sorry. I said he has used multiple running backs every year but one, right? Pretty sure that's correct. He also hasn't really called a ton of plays. You know, like he did in Denver. That can was I, a disaster. Can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. Because we have actually something very relevant because Robert Sala is currently having a press conference. And at, at SNY Jets just tweeted Robert Sala saying he's very optimistic that Brees Hall will be ready to go for week one. Cool. Um all right, so, well, I, so Dave, you're saying t- between picks 20 and 30 is where you think Brees Hall will be, and you're concerned that Javante will be in the round four range, and that would be too high. Just to sum it up, then we'll go to Heath. Correct. That's right? Okay, Heath, go ahead. I would put Brees Hall right now in the 40s and Javante in the 60s. Okay. Okay. Um, but You're taking a if, quarterback ahead of Brees Hall? Yes. Okay. I, but well, if you I think knew, if you're taking Javante Brees Hall around 30, then three quarterbacks are going ahead of him. Yes, yeah. I would think so too. But if you knew he was going to be ready for week one, 
Where would Hall be? If both were 100% healthy right now, I would take Brees Hall in round two, and I would take Javante in round four. I expect both to share. Um, I I don't I don't see any reason to expect significantly more touches for Brees Hall than Aaron Jones got. Okay. Uh, Kyle Pitts is still rehabbing his MCL tear, but he is expected to be ready for training camp. Tony Pollard has been participating in OTAs. He's recovering from a broken leg. He's getting there. Um, what do you make of this Jimmy Garoppolo waiver? He has a waiver in his contract regarding his foot. Heath, we talked about it yesterday on the Dynasty show. Uh, but Dave, what are your thoughts on, on the Garoppolo situation? And specifically, does it give you pause to draft Devontae Adams in the second round? A little bit, but I would expect that Garoppolo will get cleared and be ready for training camp, and then this will be much ado about nothing. Now, if we get to training camp and Garoppolo still isn't cleared and there's there's a real chance that he misses the start of the season. Uh, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to when Devontae Adams didn't have Derek Carr last year, and I was very anti-Devontae Adams at that point. And then Jared Siddham went out and put on a show with Devontae Adams. So as long as it's not like the worst quarterback situation in the world, I'll still be relatively okay with Devontae Adams. Might pull him down a little bit in my rankings if he doesn't have Garoppolo. As silly as that sounds, because I don't know if Garoppolo is going to be necessarily a, a bonus or anything better for Adams than what Derek Carr was last year. Might be worse. Deshaun Watson said he would love to play with DeAndre Hopkins. There are a, a number of reports on Hopkins, but Robert Sala, Robert Sala just said the Jets are not planning to pursue him. He said we love our wide receiver group. Do you know who the backup quarterbacks are in Las Vegas? Yes. Maybe I should have looked at this before hmm. I said what I did. <laughs> Are they worse than what, we, what you thought of Jarrett Stidham? Who do you think the backup quarterback is in Las Vegas right now, Adam? I think it is. I'll just say Ryan Fitzpatrick. Can I, can I give I you a clue? <laughs> can I give you a clue? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to get it. So the coach is Josh McDaniels. Oh, is and it his Hoy- first is name it rhymes Hoyer? with Ryan. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Is that so bad? Is that worse? Is the three? Is that worse than what we thought last year? Was? That could be bad. That could I mean, be that. That could be not good for everybody. Uh, Joe Person of the Athletic. Thinks that, oh, yeah. thinks that Chuba Hubbard could be the short yardage back for the Carolina Panthers. Hubbard, last year on third or fourth down and one, was three for three, converted all three. Miles Sanders on third or fourth down or one was six for eight. But why do they need a short yardage? I was reading that article. I was like, do they really need a short yardage back? I mean, like, but here's, here's an interesting stat, Adam. Uh-huh. Do you know how many, car- how many carries in the last two years he's had inside the five? Chuba Hubbard? Chuba Hubbard. Two. Six. And I believe five of them were in 2021. He scored on three of the six. So it's not like he's got a lot of experience in a in a short yardage goal line role. He did score on his one carry last year from inside the five for a touchdown. Does this do anything for your – I mean, Heath, you have, you have Miles Sanders as RB2. Does this drop him in your uh, – not that high. but An RB2, I think. <laughs> um it causes me a, a slight bit of concern. I'm not changing anything yet, but I, I said, I think before we were on air, that I do kind of view Miles Sanders in that class of running back who are really good at making big plays, but not as good in always gaining positive yardage. Okay. Chuba Hubbard, last two years on plays of one yard to go, whether it's second, third, or fourth down, 
13 of 16 converting for the first down. Oh, wow. So much of much that's of pretty that good. That's, that's second very down good. then. One uh, play on second. There was one second and one. What? Everything else was third and fourth. Chuba Hubbard? You said yes. you were talking about goal line. Dave's talking about one yard to go. I was not talking about goal line. Okay. But I guess I have to check that out. Uh, Baker Mayfield. There were, there and, were three, two, and second and ones. I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask have had equal first team reps at OTAs, according to Todd Bowles. And Buffalo yeah. uh, offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey said that Dalton Kincaid, rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid, his role is TBD. They're trying to still figure out what they've got in Kincaid and, and whatnot. Sure. And well, sure, Ken. Michael DiRocco of. All right. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Of course it is. He's a rookie tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably didn't need to include this in the notes, but because it's kind of obvious. But. No, I think it's good because Twitter is acting like Dalton Kincaid has already earned 90 targets. What's his ADP? Let, let's his decide ADP if this is, is tight end 11, 118th. <laughs> well, that's I think that's perfectly reasonable. That's exactly uh, where I would take him. You yeah. Know, because I just don't think there are that many good tight ends. So I'd rather just. Yeah, I'm out. I'm on the underside of that, probably for the reasons that like same reasons that Heath would say. What are you gonna get? You gonna take Dalton Schultz? And that's yes, gonna be absolutely. Why? I'm taking Dalton Schultz because he might be the number one target getter in Houston, and he's been a red zone monster for years. Man, the idea that Dalton Kincaid is going to walk into a Super Bowl contender that has Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, who they love. On the roster, mm-hmm. and Dawson Knox, who is making like ten million dollars a year, and just all of a sudden become a fantasy contributor is completely insane to me. No I'm sure, like I understand <laughs> he's good, but rookie tight ends are almost always bad. I mean, they they are, but you know, Fryermuth had a successful-ish rookie campaign. Kyle Pitts obviously set the rookie record. Yeah, um, I like. I mean, I like the fact that he's older. He's he's what twenty four. Maybe that gives him oh. an edge to come in and contribute immediately. Like, I made not, that I, argument like, I don't, for Hayden Hurst back in the day. I don't. How'd that work? Okay, Hayden Hurst was not a first-round pick. <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, he was. Damn it. <laughs> no, I mean in fantasy drafts, which is where Kincaid is headed. <laughs> um, I just think I, I love Kincaid. I think when when you when you say that you're taking Kincaid at tight at eleven, it doesn't really mean that you have a ton of faith in him. Right, That's it's true. just there's only yes. a there's only a number of tight ends you have a ton of faith. So in, you're taking so. Kincaid over like Greg Dulcich and Chico Conquo. Oh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I'll take Oconquo. Schultz is actually, I mean, you do make a good point. He could be the number one target. Um, you know, for he might Houston. score as many touchdowns as Kincaid this year. Okay, might score more. Let's uh, take a break. Oh, wait, uh, Michael DiRocco of ESPN says the Jaguars don't want to see Travis Etienne getting seventy four percent of the running back carries again. Nobody was projecting that. I thought he got even more than that. You know, if, in fact, he he had that one game where he left early. But other than that, I mean, he was. This was after the James Robinson trade. Obviously, he was just, yeah. you know, con- consistently getting almost all of their carries. But I uh, I have him as a top fourteen running back at fifty five percent of the team's carries. Okay, let's take a break now. When we come back, best and worst draft values based on current average draft position. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we're currently using Fantasy Pros PPR ADP, and... You know, it's going to change a lot. There's not a ton out there. So take it with a grain of salt, but whatever. It's it's still May and still a good excuse to talk about these players. So best draft values. Um, Dave, you said James Conner at RB28, 84th overall. After David Montgomery, after Rashad White, Alexander Madison, here comes James Conner as one of your favorite draft values. You also said Alvin Kamara. Who's going a round and a half after Connor and Khalil Herbert, who's going super late as RB forty, one hundred and twenty third overall. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with Connor, who I have as my twenty fourth ranked fantasy running back. He is not an attractive profile at all. But you think about the Arizona offense, and now it looks like there's going to be a big vacuum of targets with DeAndre Hopkins gone, and Connor's been there as a short yardage target for years. I don't know who. I don't know which other running backs are even going to play alongside Connor from game to game. There's there's huge risk involved with Connor. This isn't the case for him in round four either. This is the case for him in round six, significantly higher than 93rd overall. You're going to get a running back who might be able to get you off to a decent start in PPR, and even against tough matchups in the past, we've seen him find the end zone. And that offensive line theoretically got better this offseason. So I don't mind taking the stab on Connor if you're thin on running back by the time you get to round five. I just can't even understand why he would last this long. I mean, what is the risk? He, you know, he was RB nine per game last year. Um, no one like no one. No one likes the profile. He's, he's 28. What, what, right. When you say the profile, you just mean his age, right? No, it's age, injury risk. You look at that offense; it's terrible. We've talked about how they might just punt on the year and not even have Kyler Murray come back from his injury. If they got off to a slow start, that makes sense. What what does that leave Connor? Taking handoffs and short targets from Colt McCoy? The team's going to play from behind a lot. I think Connor will still play, even though they're trailing by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But there isn't a case for Connor to be just this math. Certainly there isn't much of a case for him to improve efficiency-wise. He's not going to break out for five yards per carry this year. It's just hard to expect that. But the volume, when he's healthy, is good. Okay. He scored 23.6, 13.4, 23.4, and 18.1. Are you, that, This is like first-round pick production in four games with Colt McCoy last year, just so everybody knows. 23.6, 13.4, 23.4, and 18.1 fantasy points. And that was against the Rams, 49ers, Patriots, and Broncos. Um, all right, Oof. so James Conner is an Oof. early good value here. Alvin Kamara, about 100th overall, RB31. 
after Javante Williams, after James Cook, then we get Alvin Kamara, which obviously is just a big mystery. We talked about him a little a couple weeks ago. I'll just ask you again. If you if he's not suspended at all, when do you think Kamara gets drafted? I think he will get drafted in round five, maybe even late round four, if there is zero suspension. And you can maybe even make the case that he should be in round three. Last year, he had a career low in fantasy points per game, guys. He had 14.1. Yeah, I think that's three. still really good. Yeah, what'd you say? He three, three. Okay, so people are going to be drafting soon in a lot of leagues. People, you've drafted some leagues, right, Heath? No. Some no, some best balls. Uh, Eliminator? No. Didn't no, you didn't do any of that. Oh, FC Eliminators, yeah, Fantasy Gears okay. Eliminators, yeah. Okay, yeah, just curious, like where you know where Kamara's going or where those those leagues are incomparable. You could start three quarterbacks and you don't have to start any running backs, wide receivers or tight ends. If you don't want to, (laughs) I'm drafting one team currently that is all quarterbacks, kickers, defenses, and punters. (laughs) So I do not believe maybe that's the ADP (laughs) 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 using right now. (laughs) Okay. All right. No, I'll just leave Kamara at that. Let's go to Khalil Herbert, Dave. I can't believe he's going 123rd overall. It's ridiculous. This is a likely starting running back for the Chicago Bears. He will split reps, but he's he's their best back, certainly their most explosive back. I've got him. I've got him as like a round six, seven turn type of player. I'm excited about his potential in this offense. Certainly should continue to see good efficiency playing off of Justin Fields. Is he going to be the short yardage goal line guy? That's an issue because there are two running backs on the roster that could handle that role. One of them's a rookie. I don't know if Matt Eberflus strikes me as a guy that's going to give that job to a rookie. The other one's Deontay Foreman. We've seen him play well over the past couple of seasons. But I think Herbert leads the way in terms of opportunities in this offense. And I think he's a pretty good running back, too. Happy to take the chance on him right around 70th overall. I, I wonder how much people are factoring in Roshan Johnson and how much they should be. Because this just really feels like a situation where, the, to me anyway, where the rookie is not going to get a lot of work this year. Don't be so sure about that. Why? He's going to compete for that playing time um, in training camp. He's he's more than just a plotting type of rusher. We know he doesn't have top-end speed, but he's, he's, he's a quality running back who can catch, and he might even be able to have a leg up in pass protection too compared to the typical rookie. I, I think I, he's going to get an opportunity. I right now have Herbert at 93, Roshan at 111, and Foreman at 112. I have absolutely no idea how many touches any of the three of them are going to get. I don't know how anybody could could definitely think that Khalil Herbert's a better rusher than Deontay Foreman. And I think Roshan's probably the best pass catcher. The best pass catcher? Hmm. I think so, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, what would be the case that Khalil Herbert or, or Deontay Foreman well, is? Well, definitely least- not Foreman. I just think if 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 Johnson's going to make his okay, look, this is just my guess, right? If Johnson is going to make an impact, it will be at the expense of Deontay Foreman. I do think he's Dave. You said he's not like a plotter. I think you said I don't know what you said, but I think he's more like Foreman. Thanks for listening. I don't remember the word you said. Uh, <laughs> you Foreman used. and Herbert are almost the same. I don't agree They're with that. I think huge, huge efficiency guys with that haven't shown the ability to handle volume or catch passes. I don't really think of Khalil Herbert that way. I don't think like Foreman. Foreman to me is just like a a big running, a big like kind of. He's not a plotter at all. Foreman? No. no. 
He oh. was an elite, elite running back who suffered an Achilles yes, injury and he, took him a long was, time to recover. He was And that. he's been awesome. But he's not an explosive t- player. And I he's think had Khalil- huge explosive plays the last two years. Nah, I don't think he's an explosive. Yeah, you're, you might be thinking, you might not be thinking of Are, do you, No, do you, I, I Deontay thinking. Foreman was the guy who was on the Panthers last year? I know who he is. I don't he, think of him that he, way. I, think, I don't think he's an electric player. I think he's. I, I think we need to do some 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 research on Deontay Foreman explosive play rate the last two years. I'm on it. I'm on. Oh God, I, I I'm just saying I view him. First of all, when we had Chris Chapasso on Dave to talk about Rashawn Johnson, he, we all compared him to Deontay Foreman. So I sure. don't, I don't know what has changed since then. I think Khalil Neither Herbert. Neither of a, them are plotters. I think Adam. Khalil Herbert is a more electric player than both of them. Agreed. And, and Brashawn Johnson has, a, has done almost nothing in college, by the way, right? Like he was Bijan Robinson's Wait. backup. So we may not know who he is, but he's a fourth round rookie, and a lot of times fourth round rookies don't really do anything. Like Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller, Pierre Strong, and Hassan Haskins last year. So some of them do, like Damian Pierce. And Tyler Algier was a fifth-round pick, but so was Snoop Connor and Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams and Ty Chandler. And so I, you know my you know my theory. I just don't. I think a lot of times rookies don't make the impact that people think they will. And I, I think he's the third running back, and usually the third running back doesn't do that much, unless something uh, happens to one of the first. Yes, two of course, backs. I agree. All right, what do you no, want no, to no, know Heath, about no, wait, Heath? Go ahead. Foreman, Heath. Go ahead, Heath. What um, well, I, I wanted to go back to the the pass catching thing. Khalil Herbert played five years in college. And yes, caught 34 passes. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Roshan Johnson played behind Bishon Johnson. Robinson, yeah. And caught 56 passes. In how many years? Four. So 24 more in one fewer year with Bijan Robinson on the team for three of those. It doesn't always translate. I think if you look at some of the profiles of these running backs in college, people don't consider them pass-catching running backs, even if they have caught some passes. I can't remember um, a few guys in this class. I'm not saying that he is going to be Alvin Kamara. I'm saying of the three backs on the Bears, now Travis Homer's there also. Like Maybe there's a four-back committee, in which case we shouldn't draft any of them in the top 100. No, Dave, I would I would like to compare the explosive plays for Khalil Herbert versus Deontay Foreman and see if there's this wide gap. I think Dave or Adam views Deontay Foreman as David Montgomery. Um, I bet a lot of people of. do. Better, better. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, yeah, who who had the higher explosive rush rate? Uh, Khalil over Herbert. The last two years, oh, Herbert or Foreman? Two years, Herbert. No, I'd say I wouldn't be surprised if it was Herbert. I just don't think it's that far off. Nine percent for Herbert, seven point four percent for Foreman. Both of them in the top thirty. Among it's basically the top half of running backs with at least two hundred rushes over the last two seasons. Uh, who had the higher avoided tackle rate? No, I would guess Herbert. I would guess Herbert. I don't really put a lot You're of both stock correct. into that. You are. That's correct. Herbert has terrific advanced metrics. So. Which is one of the reasons why I really like him. 19.7% for Herbert, 17% for Foreman. Again, close, Heath. And, um, and both it, above average, right? Uh, yes. Uh, no, I would say that it's, it's right around average. Technically, Herbert is above, Foreman is below. Average was 18 and a half. Does, okay. anyone, does anyone care anymore? About this, like, I mean, I think it's interesting, but I don't know how how people. It's feel interesting, about it, but. but here's, I, I just think Herbert is a different type of running back compared to Foreman and Robinson. I think Foreman and Robinson are kind of, or not, not Robinson. I'm sorry, Roshan Johnson. 
I think Foreman and Johnson are kind of similar. And so those two might end up competing for who the number two guy is in Chicago's offense. I think Herbert's a lock to be the number one. Let's go to Heath's list now. And Heath, your favorite draft values based on ADP, early ADP. Aaron Jones in round five, 54th overall, RB16 after Ken Walker. But before Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, and Miles Sanders. Running back, good running back value in that round. My gosh. Um, yes. Traylon Burks, wide receiver 38, and Samaje Pirine, RB33. So, Aaron Jones, people will. Yeah, what, what do you think is concerning people and pushing him to round five? I would just need to first say that Khalil Herbert would be the first ever sixth round running back to average eight and a half touches per game in his first two years in the league and be a lock to be the number one running back for the following year. Did I say, yeah. did I ever say he was a lock? That no, is completely um, not what I was saying. I was saying that Roshan Johnson, I don't think he's going to have a big role. Which team uses three running backs in a significant way? It, it doesn't happen. Um, it pretty I don't much, know if that's necessarily true. It more I think or the, less I think does the not Chiefs happen. might have last year. At the same but, time? Um, but regardless, I'm, I wasn't arguing they would use three running backs as that I have no idea which one is better or will be used. Okay, I will tell you that it's Khalil Herbert. Yeah, obvious. I mean, you can look at his look at his track record and his pedigree. I agree, his track um, record. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm trashing a former Jayhawk like this. I'm such a terrible person. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Like Aaron Jones was just like a uh huh. Yeah. Why is Aaron Jones? And part of it is, but what what RB what? Sixteen. Sixteen. That's not as awful. Um, I don't think RB sixteen should probably go in round five. Um, Correct. Yes, but I I don't expect things to be much different for Aaron Jones. He obviously has more, more risk because he's older. But I think at least a portion of the uh, community would think that because he hasn't had as min- much work, that he doesn't have as much tread on his tires, that the age doesn't matter as much. Um, I he was so much better running the ball last year than AJ Dillon. I can't imagine Dillon getting a bigger share of the workload. He's probably still going to be close to second on the team in targets like he always is um i think he's a borderline top 12 running back you know it's interesting he's going according to this early fantasy pros adp he's going 14 picks after christian watson christian watson is the most desired packer right now oh interesting all right second player on heath's list is uh traylon burks he is wide receiver 38, and he is going after Jordan Addison and after both Pittsburgh wide receivers. Uh, what do you think? Um, I think that people are maybe overestimating how bad the pass offense is in Tennessee in that like, when there's literally nobody else there to challenge you for wide receiver targets, even if you only throw 300 passes to the wide receivers, you can get as many as you need. And I think Traylon Burks, a former first-round pick who had injury problems in his first year, that's being held against him too much. I expect him to be the alpha in this pass offense and be a borderline number two wide receiver. And finally, Samaje Pirine, 105th overall, RB33. Everything we just talked about with Javante Williams. <laughs> Um, right, would you rather have, let's go back to Traylon Burks then. Traylon Burks or, or Jordan Addison? Burks. Addison. Ooh, debate. Dave, go. 
I think Addison's going to see more targets per game. I think he's a candidate for a thousand yards without taking much too much away from Justin Jefferson. I think he's a great fit for what the Vikings need to do to uh, oppose what defenses have been doing. He's going to be the plan B when plan A is double covered. Plan A being Justin Jefferson. Traylon Burks played seven games in the second half of last season, averaged less than five and a half targets per game, under four catches per game. I think he's a good player, and I think he can absolutely break out in his second season. But I'm actually on board with where he's being picked. I'm okay with him being just outside the top 36 wide receivers. I'm okay with him being picked after round seven. I I think he's got some downside that should be baked in just because the Titans are a slow-moving, conservative, run-first offense. And and I don't necessarily agree that there's only one guy who's going to just soak up every single target there. I think Okonkwo is going to take a step forward. Kyle Phillips will be back. He's going to be somebody in the slot. Someone else could always step up. And uh, I, I feel like it's it's safe to put Burks at 38th among wide receivers. I do think holding his targets per game, especially when you're talking total targets and not target share against him, is not fair because those last three games of the year were started by Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs. Even if something happens to Ryan Tannehill this year, I think they'll have better quarterback play than that. And Chigo Conquo is a part-time player. I like him, and he's fine for a tight end, but I don't think he's going to play more than 50 or 60% of the snaps. Kyle Phillips was mostly irrelevant last year, a rookie just like Burks and not a first-round pick. Heath, you'd agree that it's rare to put a wide receiver that average that's coming off a year where they average 5.4 targets per game as a top 40 receiver, right? Like you, you, Yes, you, you have to. Um, well, yeah, I, again, as – as I just said, I think he played two games that he left early. Mm-hmm. Mentioned the injury history. He played the last three games with Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs. Right. Which which the, is like 25% of his season. Sure. And the, the target per route run rate was 21.5%, which is okay. That's that's different from target share. You don't want to know what the target share is. I, 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 I'm still expecting him to be better than that. I'm not saying that he's going to be right. a total bust and, and get rid of him. But I'm not putting him in that same group as I don't put him in the group of receivers that I look at and say, okay, I can make the case for this guy getting to a thousand yards in 17 games. I don't think he can do it. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that's the ceiling at all. He was starting to get pretty interesting, Burks. He goes for seven catches, 111 yards at Green Bay. He goes for four catches, 70 yards against Cincinnati. Then he catches a 25-yard touchdown against the Eagles and leaves the game with, I think, a, was it a concussion? Um, he left the game. He missed, he missed the rest of Week 13, all of Week 14 and 15. He came back, and that's when he had those three games that Heath mentioned with, with terrible quarterback play. So he was I, starting to pick it up. In the last four games that he played with Tannehill, he averaged 5.25 targets per game. No, 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 because he left one of them after one catch. This is why you got Azer stat. He played 10 stats in that. It's right, 10 snaps but we're starting. Game. We're going to get into this argument every time you talk about it. But he, like, but we, you we can't, might have started him in those games. But you can't apply it forward. You can't say he, he averaged five targets per game because he was at six, eight, and six targets in the three games, and then he played 10 snaps, and he caught a 25-yard touchdown. Right, but it, includes, it, it basically includes the games. Yeah, it includes the games he played where Tannehill was on the field. It includes every play from the second half of the year. Right, I know. I just he I just, mean I'll stop talking because the stats just don't get better 
even when you stretch it out to the full season. I know. Well, I'm just saying you can't hold that game against him where he caught one pass. Well, okay, well, snaps. I don't think the numbers are going to all of a sudden look amazing no, if not. we pull that one game out. No, but I think Burks and Addison are similar in terms of prospect level. Addison obviously has a better quarterback. Burks is competing with Nick Westbrook, Kyle Phillips, and Chigo Conquo for targets. Addison's competing with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. One's on a team that's going to throw the ball 33 times a game, and the other one, it's going to be like 25 times a game. And, you know, better quality of passes, you would think, in Minnesota. But, okay. Well, a little. Maybe, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily, like, a crazy difference there. I don't really think there's much risk to Traylon Burks other than last year's injuries turn out to be that he's injury prone. If if he plays 17 games this year, I think he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver. And let's agree on this. Well, I don't know if I agree on 17 games. No, I don't think he can get there. I think if if you're drafting him right around this range that we're talking about, there's like no harm, plenty of upside. You should feel good. We're going to take a break, and we're actually going to skip the worst values. We'll save that for another episode. We'll read some emails when we come back at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Thank you. The best You heard about the best values uh, based on current average draft position. We highlighted James Conner, 84th overall. Alvin Kamara, about 100th overall. Khalil Herbert, 123rd overall. We all agreed Khalil Herbert is a phenomenon. Uh, Heath likes Aaron Jones in round five. And by the way, based on current Fantasy Pros ADP, uh, there are no running backs going in round four. So (laughs) RB15 goes in round three. RB16 goes in round five, and that's Aaron Jones. Traylon Burks at wide receiver 38 and Samaje Pirine as a late you know, latish pick, round nine or so, 105th overall. Um, okay, here are a few emails I want to read from Anthony in Tacoma. Do you ever consider doubling down on a fade or bust projection that doesn't pan out? Much like post-hype sleeper principle, are there any players you predicted to bust last season who didn't that you would double down on this year? And it doesn't have to be busts. It could be anything that didn't work out last year you're doubling down on this year. There's probably some. I don't have any off the top of my head. Uh, DJ Moore. Well, okay, but to what degree? Because last year you were, you know, super. Yeah, I've got him still as a top 15 wide receiver. Okay. But last year you had him top 10, right? Yes. Not to bring up bad memories. That's the whole point of this. Well, obviously that was the point of saying that. (laughs) Like Adam had already said it, and you wanted to say it again. It's clear that was the point. No, Dave is not like that. I'm like that. Oh, Dave is certain. Like Dave, no, Dave is sneaky like that. We're all like that. We all are. Uh, 
You're no angel, Heath Cummings. Not no, I'm Jamie. obvious about it. Mine is out in the open and clear, and I laugh about it while I'm doing it. Dave says not to do this and then does it. Yeah. Well, he's polite about it. Yeah. I feel like, that's what, I feel like that's what I'm doing with Jerry Judy because I am it's going to be my kind of my guy, I think. Uh, and that was Cortland Sutton last year. So I do feel like I'm going to that well again, but I'm changing the player. Does Mark Andrews count? Uh, Where are you ranking him? Tight end two? No. Everybody nah. has him as tight end two. Well, so we're all doing it with him. No, I think he deserves. Was he a bust too. last year? He was yes. a bust compared to two years ago. He was but a he bust. Was, he was a bust. Pretty, he was a top three tight end, wasn't he? He was so bad in the second half of the season. I think he was a bust at a round two cost. He wasn't a bust until his injury, and then Lamar Jackson, and then right. He was an understandable bust. Um, anyone for you, Dave? That you're doubling down on. I'm I'm looking to see. I don't know if I've got anybody. But yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's a good point. Just because it didn't work out last year, it doesn't mean it won't work out uh, this year. So you shouldn't run away from a, a feeling you had that just didn't work out. This one's from Agreed. Matt. Where's Matt from? Matt is from Chico, California. Dear Joe, Lamar, Kyle, and Steve. Hmm. Ravens quarterback. Oh no, it's Ravens quarterback. Yeah, I was like, what am I missing? Here I am trying to like <laughs> sarcast be use sarcasm through that one. And then I realized, well, maybe some people don't know that. Yes, those are all Ravens quarterbacks. I'm commissioner of a family league, and with it being only eight teams, I decided to make it a super flex league. Uh, this went over huge with league mates, etc. It got me thinking, shouldn't quarterback be the most important fantasy position? Just how it is in the NFL? We all know how much of an advantage it is to have an elite NFL quarterback, but in fantasy, it's arguably the most replaceable position. Because of this, my question for you is, shouldn't all leagues become super flex in order to reflect NFL values on quarterback? Yes. No. Love it. No. I think the <laughs> only thing I can say against it is that it's not realistic of what happens in the NFL. You, you don't see teams using two quarterbacks at the same time. Typically, play after no. play. No, not, not common. Um, right. Can I, Shafee T's been talking about this for a while um, because of the Dynasty show on Tuesday, and I'd really like the ability to uh, just click on things in the chat and have them pop up on the screen. Oh, I, please tell me, what would you like? Oh, this? Heath is good with projections? No, there's been, there's been, there was another one. Adam was so high on Sutton last year. From Sutton to Judy, Adam's autobiography. Is that it? I just, I just, I think, like, if I could just click on the button occasionally. Give him the, give him the access. Give him the email address. Let him log it in. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just going to eventually make you a producer of the show, Heath. Oh, yeah. You can edit after the show, too. No, I'm not, I don't want to do that, please. Although, you probably don't want to give me that. No, I don't? Don't, don't give me all those tools. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea what's going to start showing up in the Amazer thread take. It won't be me tweeting this anymore. It'll be Adams actually saying it. Oh, God. Um, all right. Uh, I don't think every league should be super flex, but I am very pro super flex. But I don't know that it's what? because I think it reflects quarterback value accurately. But it's fun. It's just really fun. Wait, but you agree that it is completely... Like one way that fantasy football does not reflect quarterback value accurately is that we have nerfed quarterbacks to the Nerf. point that we like 
if if we were reflecting value accurately, quarterbacks would go in round one and running backs would go well when the ADP that we have today shows them going. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, it doesn't really. I don't really think about it that way. I, I don't think about. No, I I understand you don't think about it that way. But this person just said reflects quarterback value accurately. So I'm asking you to think about it that way. How would you say fantasy football would reflect quarterback value accurately in ADP? Uh, more well, superflex more so than than okay. reg, than you know uh, single quarterback, but. Also, you know, you you end up starting like the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So maybe if you wanted to really reflect their value, maybe you would do a single quarterback league and just increase their scoring or something like that. But we don't need to do all that. But Superflex is great. And for those of you who have never done it, it's it's not it's not intimidating. It's not hard. It's just great. You know, it's just really fun. You know, sometimes people don't want to change things up. It's kind of like how I feel about IDP. The first time I was invited into the the IDP league, I was like, "Ugh, gosh, I don't know about this." But then I got used to it, and I love it. But um, Superflex is just a piece of cake, and I totally recommend it. It's a, you say it's a piece of cake, like it's. In what ways is it a piece of cake? Because if you have a quarterback that underwhelms or misses time, that piece of cake turns into like a well done piece of coal. I simply no meant. Much- that you know, yesterday on the Dynasty show, we were talking about rules for the new Dynasty League and tight end premium and return yard points and all that stuff. But you actually have to start looking up players' stats and you have to start doing math and things like that. Superflex is not like that at all. If you're just a casual fantasy okay. player, it's very easy to implement and you will you will enjoy it. It will right. not be so a like, burden. So, like from the aspect of explaining it to league mates, having them understand what Superflex means. And what the scoring for it is, yes, piece of cake, no right. question. Uh, from De- from Devin, I won my championship last year, so I thought it was time to trade some older players and reload. So grade these trades. I traded Eckler and Mike Williams for Dobbins and Christian Watson. Eckler and Mike Williams for Dobbins and Christian Watson. I like it for you. That's you win that trade. This was full dynasty. Yeah. Think so? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I traded Hopkins and Dalvin Cook for Debo Samuel and pick four ten. Mm, if you're trying to win this year, I don't like that trade. That's true. Well, certainly the first one's terrible. If you're trying to win this year, also, I think anyway. Um, they're all. I mean, that's all the point. He won last year, so he's just reloading. Now he's trying to reload yeah, to uh-huh. win in two years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't love. This I, I don't know if I. I don't think he got enough in the second trade. I think there is a path that the first trade actually makes you better this year too. I don't see that path with mm-hmm. the second trade. Agreed. I also traded Samaje Pirine, George Kittle, and Aaron Jones. Samaje Pirine, George Kittle, and Aaron Jones for DJ Moore and Hollywood Brown. That sounds good. Yeah. And I was wondering what value you what value you place on Championship Week Good Luck Charm John Mechie. Well, he's not a good luck charm anymore. He's he's going to get drafted in every league. Uh, assuming that he's okay for training camp, there's a hamstring ins- issue slowing him down. Uh, could end up being the target leader for Houston. I know I said that about Schultz. Those guys might be one and two. There, there are five players who legitimately could be the target leader for the Texans. Um, Schultz, yep. Mechie, Nico, Tank, 
and Robert Woods. I'd be stunned mm-hmm. if it was Tank. Why? As the target leader for the Texans. Uh, they just run that short area slot target over and over and over offense. No way. It would surprise this me. This is, again, too much stock in rookies, too much faith in yeah. the rookies. Well, look who we're comparing him to. I think I've... <laughs> like we I just said, John Mechie. John Mechie's not played football yet. I think Dave convinced me to put Dalton Schultz ahead of Dalton Kincaid in the Dalton mat, in the Dalton versus Dalton I would, match. I would, that's, I'm glad that happened, but like <laughs> Dalton Schultz is going to get somewhere around 100 targets. Yeah. 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 Whoever has that slot role should probably get around 100 targets too if they stay healthy. It could be Tank Dell. I think it's more likely for it to be Mechie because I think Mechie plays more. But he's got to get healthy. He's got to get on the field. We're dying to see it. Uh, are you interested in the number of targets per game Traylon Burks had weeks <laughs> 10, 11, and 12, the three games after the midpoint of the season where he played with Ryan? I'm Tank. not interested because I already know it, and it's seven. Six, eight, and six. Yes. Is that right, so six, six total seven. of 20 targets. How about how about the last three games when he didn't have <laughs> No, Ryan I'm Tannehill. not because he, because he had these garbage quarterbacks. It was one fewer target per game, 5.7. So right. what's his ceiling, 6.7 targets per game? No, I mean. Why would that be his ceiling? Right. One target more from a rookie going to a sophomore when he's not going to play with Malik Willis and Dobbs? No. Yeah, I, I, right. I mean, that's a, I'm, I'm a little... Rookies in small sample sizes, I'm I'm kind of hesitant to use their you stats. And even rookies in full season, I mean, if, if the guy's good, he's going to take a statistical jump that you couldn't exactly forecast it in his second year uh, in a lot of cases. Like, I don't know that you could have expected Devontae Smith to finish as a top 12, or I think he was 12, something like that, wide receiver last year. Um, but uh, I was looking how many to see how many games in which these receivers that were going around round three had fewer than 50 yards. And Devontae Smith, I think, had five of them last year, and all of them came before the Dallas Goddard injury. So um, we'll have to talk about that on another episode of Fantasy Football Today. Thanks to Dave and Heath. Tomorrow it's Heath and Dan Schneier uh, with uh, talk about bust-proof players. Bust-proof. Tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. See you later.